much. Um, I just want to say, some of you will notice I've got this laptop in my hands. Well, it was a gift from all of you, so thank you. Um, it will enable me to do my work as a non-stipendary minister. Let us pray. Dear Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. And may your people hear what you will have them hear. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Part of the herd, that's what we've entitled this sermon. For those of you that were at the service last week, you would have heard Reverend Meller, and you would remember him starting by warning us about the New Testament lectionary passages that's in the lead up to Advent, often known as the eschatological discourse. So these are some of the hardest passages in the Bible to digest, as they conjure up images of heaven and hell. And the final judgment with absolute condemnation to hell with mercy, without any mercy for sinners. In fact, he joked that we need a hard hat to get through them. And I couldn't help but smile as I tackled what is considered by some perhaps the most difficult passage of all. And that's what Echo just read to us in Matthew. Now, the Reverend George Whitfield, who's one of the founding members of the Holy Club, alongside the Wesley brothers, John and Charles, he would have been in his element about preaching on such a passage because he loved the fire and brimstone. But it's certainly not my first choice, particularly being the newest member of the ministerial team. However, we continue. So the parables I told myself repeatedly are lessons to be learned from. They're not accounts of history. And probably this gives scope for the opportunity after all. In no part does it say that only so many sheep and only so many goats will go to their destiny. So it gives the opportunity for destinies to be changed in terms of the final judgment. I'm just gonna get you to do a little exercise with me, and I promise you, I'm going to be very brief. Now, I'd like all of you that are able to just stand. This is gonna be very quick, including the choir, to just stand, okay? <laughs> no, you're not going to run, I heard Professor Langsford say just behind me. Um, now, just as you are, don't move anywhere. Just act as, take a step forward, just one step, and stop. Okay? Now, can you all shout out which foot you took forward? Was it your left or your right? Right. Okay, so I think the rights win it in the room. Please be seated, and well done for getting involved in that exercise. Now, you see, when it comes to handedness, if I had asked you which hand 
you are as individuals, I'd say over 90% would say they were right-handed. And in some cultures, children are not even allowed to use their left hand to do things such as eat or write, even if they're born with the left hand being their dominant hand. Now, where's this all warming up to? I mean, there's something significant about the left and the right hand. For instance, when Joseph brought his children to Jacob to be blessed, he put the eldest son on the right and the younger son on the left. And then Jacob, it seems even in his old age, he was as crafty as ever. He crossed his hand over such that his right hand went on the son of the younger son. Joseph desperately tried to correct him, but Jacob knew what he was doing. And so the younger on the right, under the right hand, took the blessing. Now, even in modern day culture, music, we hear things like Beyonce's famous song, To the Left, To the Left. So what is it about the left? We also think of politics, like with the conservatives. Conservatives to the right, Labour to the left. Is the left all bad or is the right all good? Let's go back to our earlier exercise. Are those that are right-handed better than those that are left-handed? How about, because some of you, some of you, because about 60% of you would have put your right foot forward. But there'll be 22% that put their left foot forward and then a further mix-up that would have put in either or forward. And it doesn't necessarily correspond with those that are right-handed. So, and it's all because of the way the brain is wired from the cortex through to the brainstem down into the spine. But what I'm getting at is right hand, left hand. And just to say for those in the, including our reverend here, that are left-handed through and through, Left-handed people are actually among the greatest creatives in the world today. So let's step away. So back to the sheep and the goats. So the goats were cast to the right. No, no one's correcting me here. The goats were cast to the right. Just checking that you're listening. And then the sheep were cast to the right, weren't they? and then the goats to the left. Did it mean that all the sheep, because they were on the right, that they were good through and through? Did it mean that all the goats, because they were to the left, were wrong through and through? I don't think so. And I bet none of you think so either. Because there is some good in all, in different ways. Now, when it comes to the way we live our lives, can any of us say that we're all good or all right, to use a pun, through and through? Or is there some that still needs to be molded, that needs to be shaped? And similar, even those in prison, can we say that they're all bad through and through and that there's no hope for redemption for them? So perhaps we shouldn't go about conjuring up these absolutes that goats, not all bad, not all good, sheep, not all good, not all bad. 
We look at those fighting in the playground. Is one party all bad or all good? The wars we're seeing in the world today, is any country all bad or all good? Let's give some focus to the lead up to the dividing of the sheep to the right and the goats to the left. Let's think about the process, the journey, where perhaps the change could have been made or can be made at least for us today because the reference to the goats and the sheep is an allegory, isn't it? For us as people, for us to learn our lessons. So what lessons are being imparted to everyone sharing in this message? And I can assure you that as one going through formation still in the Methodist ministry, I can see a lot that still needs to be molded and shaped. So there's a poignancy that we need to in-reach to ourselves. What is it that is within us? What can we identify as individuals that needs to be homed, that needs to be left behind, or that needs to be built up? So by in-reaching, we're enabling ourselves to be formed and transformed. And it's only when we in-reach to ourselves that we can then outreach to others. For it's very clear from that last part of the passage that Ekwa read, the sheep, they weren't even sure what it was that they'd done to receive that opportunity of being on the right. They were still asking, so what, what was it? When was it that we saw you? What, what, when did we feed you when you were hungry? And similarly, those that were in the goat land or the goat herd, they couldn't understand, but when did we not help you? Until Jesus, the king, the shepherd, explained, it's what you do with the least of my brothers. It's what you do with the people on the street. And just walking down Victoria Street, we'll all notice that the homeless are becoming more and more. It's just at work, we can see a whole load of people who are going through difficult times. In your pews where you sit, look to your left and look to your right. Is there something going on in the lives of those that are around you? that you could enable, that you could support. In the hospital on a day-to-day -day basis, I see people not just coming in with physical illnesses, but with weakness, impoverishment of their spirits, deep depression, mental illness, not knowing how they'll get from day to day because of the finances and so many other things. So today is Sunday, which is also known Sunday of Christ the King by some Christians. It's certainly an opportunity for us to understand the amazing opportunity that is given to us. We have the benefit of the foresight of what Jesus shared when he was walking with them. We have our Bible to study. We have the opportunity to pray and worship to share fellowship, to build, to inreach, but also to outreach in order that we can upreach to the God that we serve. 
And I want to say that we never stop learning. Even Wesley, Wesley continued to learn with those that he fellowshiped with. There was one of his friends who was also part of the Holy Club called William Morgan, whom William thought, oh, it's all well and good that we pray together and that we are very methodical in the way we worship consistently, but I need to do more. And he went out into the communities to meet with prisoners. And actually, Wesley and the others learnt from him and did the same. So what is it in our lives? What is it in the lives of others? Where can we resonate? Where can we use those God-given skills and talents? Beyond our worship, beyond our prayer, beyond our fellowship, let us start to express that agape kind of love in Ezekiel, which is also about shepherds and sheep. We saw the outstanding love. It was unconditional. It's called agape love. Deep, intense, long-lasting, enveloping, warm and tender, never-ending. And among those sheep, it was interesting that the fat sheep were pushed aside and it was the skinny sheep, the sheep that had gone astray, that were pulled by the shepherd, those that were weak, that were strengthened. Now I myself, I pray that I'll get the strength and opportunity and the wisdom and the knowing to be able to search out sheep, including myself, that need to be rescued. So let's move away from the metaphors. Let's settle back in our seats. Let's think about the exercise we did, the left and the right. But let's think about the God we serve and the community and the world that we find ourselves in today. And let us just remember that if someone as crafty as Jacob can turn left to right and right to left, how much more the God that we serve. And so it's never too late for any of us. Our focus needs to be our mission, to be a part of God's herd, be it of goats or sheep, fat or thin, home or stray. So let us inreach, to outreach, to upreach, to God. So let us say out loud, with God's help, we will. With, with God's God. help, we, we will. will. Amen. Amen. And so as we reflect on all that we've heard, all that we've sang, all the messages from the worship throughout about the shepherd and us, as part of God's herd. Let us turn those thoughts, those words, and let us focus on the words of our last hymn, which is a Charles Wesley hymn. Forth in the name, in thy name, O Lord, I go, my daily labor to pursue.